Good morning, everybody. Recently, this past week, over the past several days, we've been cleaning out our apartment. Uh, several months ago, we decided that we would change the carpets in the apartment. And I said, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And initially, I didn't realize what that would actually mean. <laughs> it was a bit of short-sighted on my part. It's one of those things, I guess, that needed to be done. But when I really realized what it would mean, that I would have to, like, take everything out of my apartment, box everything up, put everything away someplace, as I got closer to that moment, I realized, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a difficult process. Now, we have a baby, as you know, and we try to keep the house as clean as possible. Clean in the cleanliness sense, not clean in the tidy sense. Of course, everywhere you go in our house, you find some sort of a baby toy or something like that. Recently, Mane's been into rocks, so we got her a bunch of rocks from the Discovery Museum, and so you just find colorful rocks all over the floor, all over the house, so you better not take your shoes off when you come in our house, although we're going to get a new carpet, so we'll see. But it's not clean in the sense that it's tidy, but we try to keep it clean in the sense that it's not dirty, okay? But we're cleaning out the house, we're cleaning out the house, moving all these boxes and moving out objects that we can, and you realize that under things and around things and behind corners, and there's, dirty, there's dirt, right? There's dust and there's trash and all these things that just collect over time. No matter how hard you try to keep it clean, there's always going to be these corners that you just can't reach until you take everything away and you kind of see what's left behind. We, we took everything out of the house and we saw all these parts of the old carpet that we never really had a chance to clean because there was stuff there and we wanted to clean the carpet and I kept saying, don't do it because they're going to change the carpet. It's a waste of your time. But we had this compulsion to try and make it clean anyway. But the reason I bring this up is that it's an example in many ways of our own lives. Because we try to present ourselves as cleanly and as purely as possible. All of you who are gathered here today, I have no doubt knowing you that in your own lives you behave as best as you can in the most morally upright way that you are able to. You present yourselves in this way to the world because you do the best that you can to be good people. But no matter how hard we try, there are always going to be those dirty parts of our lives, those parts that we have a hard time reaching, those parts that maintain themselves in disrepair over time, and they get worse. The dirt collects there, right? The dust gathers there. And if you were to take everything away and present yourself without any obstructions to the people in your life, you, like me, perhaps would be ashamed of what they would see, because what they would see would be not perfect. What they would see would be, at best, a work in progress, or at worst, a person who's trying but has certain areas of their life that they just can't seem to address in the appropriate way. This is a way of saying that all of us are certainly imperfect people. And if we were to use another word, a very uh, dirty word, I could probably say, that word would be hypocrite, okay? Because as Christians especially, we are people who sign on to a certain moral code. We sign on to a philosophy about life which says that we will do the best we can to be like Christ. And Christ, of course, was perfect. And we're always falling short of that. And the more people realize how far we've fallen from that, 
then the more we begin to resemble a hypocrite, whether or not we like it. In fact, young people often are turned off in the church because they enter the church and they say, well, I thought these people were supposed to be holy. It turns out they're not so. But what they don't realize is that as Christians, we're not saying we're holy, we're saying we're trying to be holy. We're doing the best that we can to address all those areas in our life that are hard for us to resolve. But it doesn't change the fact that when we enter this church on any given Sunday, and before Jesus Christ, spiritually speaking, we try to remove whatever sort of barrier that we present to the world that hides these aspects of our lives, we're found wanting. We're found with dirty areas of our life that we're asking Christ to forgive us for. What we celebrate today in the Feast of the Transfiguration is an event that happened in the Gospel where Christ turned the tables and he showed us his full self. He took away all the barriers. He took away whatever sort of um, mask that was separating his fullness of himself to the world. And he showed us what he truly was. And the disciples who were present at that moment, they saw an an eyeful. They saw something miraculous. They saw They saw a Christ who was illuminated. They saw a Christ who shone brightly before their eyes, and in a way that scared them even. They saw the fullness of the Holy Trinity. They saw Christ conversing with Moses and Elijah in a way that combines the New Testament and the Old Testament, the promise of the old life and the promise of the new life. They saw complete fulfillment. They saw something that was so wonderful that they just couldn't handle it. This is what happens when Christ takes off his mask, which is very different than what happens when we take off our mask. In fact, this very idea of masks is built into our concept of how we understand ourselves, and we therefore shouldn't be ashamed. The very word person comes from the word persona, which in and of itself is a word that means mask. We recognize that we present a version of ourselves to the world that we try to make palatable for others, but we know that our inner life is much more complex. We know that our inner life is much more in a state of struggle. The person of Christ was perfect. When he took away that mask, it was something so wonderful that those who witnessed it could barely bear it. And in fact, in that itself, we find a testimony to salvation and damnation itself in the Orthodox understanding. The disciples who were present there at that time had spent their lives up until that moment, or at least those years that they were with him, in his presence, in his tutelage, learning from him, trying their best to take what he was teaching to heart and to apply it in their lives. We could say, obviously, that although they fell short often, they were saints well far and above whatever we ourselves could hope to be in this life. And yet when they were presented with the glory of Christ and the fullness of his revelation, they were barely able to bear it. They were barely able to even bear it. This is salvation, that we, despite our perfection, prepare ourselves throughout our lives to be in the presence of something which is so glorious that we can hardly stand it. And that if you don't prepare yourself for that experience, you won't be able to stand it. It will be so magnificent that it would be pain for you to be in its presence. This is a certain way to understand salvation and damnation through an orthodox lens that is revealed to us through the miracle on Mount Tabor that we refer to as the Transfiguration. What I will say is this. On this feast day of the Transfiguration, I pray that the Lord give us the courage 
to understand and accept that we are imperfect people, but to give us the patience so that throughout our lives we can do what we're able to do to better be like him, and that he give us the ability through his grace and his mercy to be worthy of his presence when that moment arrives. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.